You're listening to the Defro Airsoft Podcast. Hosted by Stuart Rowe. Meet the legend. Meet the legend. Get to know a local Airsoft legend as we take a deep dive and find out all about their call sign, equipment, local airsoft scene, play style, dreams, and the story behind their best Instagram photos. Now, let's meet today's legend. Hi everyone, I'm Stuart Rowe, aka Defro, and today we're here with the man, the legend, the one and only, the number one commenter on every one of my posts, Dario Dav. How you doing, man? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's uh, quite an honor to be uh, invited to your uh, podcast. It's the first one I've ever done, so... Uh, I am quite nervous, but <laughs> we'll oh, see about that. You'll do fine, man. You'll do fine. <laughs> Thank you for coming. All right. That's my pleasure. All right. Let's jump right in. So round one, behind the call sign. Everyone has a cool call sign for Airsoft, and you definitely have a unique one. Can you tell me about your call sign? So uh, after having to search for one, uh, you all know the, uh, Instagram is so many people so people start to add numbers behind them and i didn't want to do that so i took my gamer tag which was tarionos and my real name david and i matched them up and created tariodaf nice that makes sense who doesn't love a yeah. portmanteau <laughs> simple and easy and everyone finds me right any anytime i look on a post i can always say like tariodaf commented or tariodaf laughed like ah oh, i know who that is but when it's followed yeah. by like six, seven, three, two, two, you're like, I, I, I have, I might know you. Yeah, the, the, uh, I've seen Brazilian names, and then you, and then I always like to thank people, and uh, then it's like, oh yeah, I'll, uh, Gabriel Gonzalez, uh, 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 no. <laughs> just yeah, a unique much. name is so good for branding. Like, you, if you have a name that people can just remember, like, oh yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, simple and easy. Nice. All right. So people get into airsoft for a variety of reasons. Mine is because I wanted to like re relive my childhood and recapture my youth. And I'm also obsessed with guns. How about you? Uh, my main reason was uh, before airsoft, I was just uh, glued to, com to my computer 24-7. I did like eight hours a day easily. But... Then I started getting older and the depression started sinking in, which I still struggle with. But uh, someone suggested Airsoft, so I started um, researching it and getting into it. And basic, basically, it's, uh, it's a sort of um, uh, therapy for, uh, for my depression, to put it shortly. So that's, that, that's that for makes me the sense. main reason. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people about this and a lot of people actually give me exactly the same answer. They, A lot of people say they're doing airsoft just because of the mental health benefits. And I I agree. Like after you play airsoft, you feel amazing. Yeah, so. that's true. It's just the um, 
for me, the the interaction alone on uh, Instagram with the, with the other people is for me uh, a major benefit on its own, and that's without having the playing part of it. Yeah, so the really community for Airsoft is amazing. It's one of the best communities I've ever been a part of. The support you get from the community is just unrivaled. Yeah, I've 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 been quite surprised with the limit of uh, angry or nasty people. Usually, internet uh, coming from a gaming background, uh, it's it's not uh, a pleasure uh, a friendly environment. And to be, I've actually honestly not really ran into someone that you would say. Wow, he's uh, quite toxic. So... Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's an amazing community. Everyone's giving each other props. People give each other's good feedback. And everyone seems to just be about helping each other and really just having a good time playing Airsoft. It's, yeah, it's just a wonderful community. So, and I, I've seen some of your posts that you've, oh, sorry, some of the comments that you've done on other people's posts. And yeah, you, you're always, you know, saying nice things to people. And I, I always feel great when I read one of your posts. I'm like, ah, oh, Dario commented something funny. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, um, that's my main focus uh, on uh, Instagram is just to make sure uh, everyone is helped and feels um validated nice validation is so important yeah sometimes it's uh, a simple word or someone from halfway around the world saying you're doing a good job or you look good or yeah it just makes your day yeah well thank you for all the good work you've been doing with the community <laughs> it's my pleasure next one let's have a look at guns everyone has a different arsenal and i definitely remember my first gun so how about you? What was your first gun? Why did you buy it? What was the original impulse? And how do you feel about it now? I originally bought it because, well, my lack of experience and all of that, uh, I just picked what looked good. And I also picked it from a sort of gaming point of view. Okay. And because it looked quite a lot like uh, a video game I played and so I did research it but I didn't look at the weight and the length and it was just so cumbersome so uh, I can show you uh, the replica in question if you want sure what is it it sounds like you're talking about like a, G, a G3 or an SG1 or something it's it's a SEMA. Of course, it's a SEMA. Everyone's first gun's always a SEMA. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to jump over. <laughs> now you have a tactical. Uh... Oh, God, I should have planned it better. Oh, wow, it comes in the box and everything. Yeah, so that was an issue uh, because I don't have a great display yet. Oh, you need the display. It's all about the display. Oh, wow, that's a long boy. Is that a SR25? Yeah, so this is the uh, SR10. 
So it's not 10, okay. Um, apparently. So it's not the SR25 from the movie. The infamous shooter movie. Yeah. But this is one of the three models, the SR10 models. So the only difference is the barrel. That is a long so, barrel. Yeah, so it's either here. That's the C version. This one or <laughs> over here. But this weighs like uh, three kilograms. So and that's yeah, that looks full metal with a big metal handguard. That is definitely going to be heavy. Yeah, full metal. I mean, the obvious things are plastic, but everything else is full metal. Yeah, I've got uh, something similar, and it's very fun if you can lie down on the ground and go prone, but it's not fun taking that to CQB. No, so the thing is I have like arthritis and other physical issues, and if I have to hold something that weighs like two or three kilograms, then uh, I haven't even started playing yet, and I'm beat, so... Yeah, I understand. Um, it's not fun. Yeah, that's that's the issue with buying something online and not having it in your hands. Yeah, it's great to go so, to a gun store and just play with the gun, just hold it physically before you buy it. And you're like, ah, oh, the grip's not really nice or I don't like how the slide goes back. There can be so many little things. So, you know, support your local gun store, buy them there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do now. So. Nice. All right, so let's look at playing Airsoft now. A little bit of introspect, a little bit of it, a little bit of introspection. What's your biggest strength and biggest weakness as a player? Uh, my biggest strength would have to be team play. Okay. I listen, so I won't. Um, I will always think about the team's uh, benefit, and I won't go like rogue or whatever. And I'm happy to listen to someone, even if he's 15 years old. That doesn't matter to me. If he knows what he's talking about, I'm more than happy to follow him. So well, it's like what they say in the Bad Batch: good sol good soldiers follow orders. <laughs> uh, biggest weakness, I'd have to say, the uh, being aware of your surroundings. So. I hear like literally everything. So that makes me um, awash with information. So that makes me block out. So that would be my biggest weakness, not being able to focus correctly on the task. Yeah, that, that can be hard for lots of people when you just get information overload, especially with adrenaline, it can make it really difficult to play. Uh, I was talking to some Navy guys that joined my game last week and they were um, talking about that exact same issue and how they uh, do special training to get through it. So it's something even the pros have to deal with. Yeah, that's true. All right. So you've already touched on this a little bit, but if you had to answer very succinctly, why do you play Airsoft? For the people, the interaction, the social part. So that's basically for me it, not the actual playing, but just the people. Yeah, it's it's uh, cool to do something with your friends. Yeah, 
I well to make friends uh, actually that was my main focus so that's uh, in a nutshell the people and the social aspect of it well dude that's I, my... I, I hear so that half, that's half if not you. all of my friends in Japan are from airsoft so <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I get it I get it all right let's have a look at round two now uh, for this, let's do a high speed round. Uh, I'm going to set a timer on my phone for 90 seconds so we can use these answers uh, to make a reel for Instagram. Uh, please uh, answer uh, all four questions uh, within 90 seconds. I'd like you to tell me your favorite attachment, your favorite airsoft brand, your favorite game type, and your favorite after airsoft beverage. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, you have 90 seconds. Go. Favorite attachment would have to be a red dot. Favorite airsoft brand would have to be Warrior Assault quality. Favorite game type would have to be Team Deathmatch. And favorite after airsoft beverage would have to be Coca-Cola or something caffeine-free. Is that with or without rum? Sorry? Is that with or without rum? Without rum, I can't drink because of my heart. Ah, okay. Well, that makes sense. Oh, I, I can't drink Coke without rum. So, you know, ying and yang. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't have alcohol, so. No problem. Let's look at round three now, keeping it local. I want to get an idea of the local airsoft scene. I find mm -hmm. this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast because airsoft is just so different in every country. And finding out about what it's like in Belgium, I'm guessing. Yeah, Belgium. Yep. Is going to be exciting. So, first, just tell me about money. Like, how much does airsoft cost in Belgium? What are the, how much do the games cost? How much do the guns cost? Like, what do you spend on it? Uh, so, game wise, you're looking at about 20, 25 euros for a day. Okay. That's the gen. I mean, there are a few differences, but you have to keep in mind about 20 25 euros for a day, unless it's a three day event. The last three day event was about 110, but that was for three days with a barbecue. So, okay, and just to confirm, at the moment, one euro is basically equal to one US dollar. So, if you say US dollars or if you say euros, it'll mean the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, about they're, the same. They're at parity at the moment. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's so $25 true. American for a game, that's for a whole day, that's great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not bad. Uh, it does obviously depend if you rent or something, but uh, for me, uh, that would be 25 since I have my own gear, so. Okay, how, how about guns? Like, how much do guns cost in Belgium? Let's see, um, about, actually, not that, um, let's see, uh, to take an example, uh, right. a Wolverine, Wolverine mm -hmm. of Airsoft official, so Wolverine uh, Forged was $9.99, so that's uh, pretty much on par with uh, everyone else, so 
our pricing in Belgium is about the reference price the manufacturer gives. So it's not really that much okay. higher. All right. So I'll, I'll just say some guns and tell me how much you would pay. So if I just bought a, a, a cheap uh, Saima gun, if I just buy like a, a Saima M4, like a CM16, how, how much is that going to run me? The CM16, that's uh, plastic, right? Yeah. Oh, those those would be around, I think, 130 or something. So they're pretty Yeah, about much... the same here. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, for example, the one I just showed, that one was 240. Okay, well, it's very comparable. What about Tokyo so... Marui? How much for a uh, a regular... Tokyo Marui M4. They would be probably around the same price as every, everywhere else. So I think about uh, basic one, uh, like the Mark 18. Sure. Uh, that one was about seven, 700. Yeah, that's 60, a little, just a little bit more expensive than here. Okay. So yeah, yeah. that's not a big price difference. No, no, no. It, it's it's actually uh, quite uh, nice because we have we are like centralized, so we have the influx from all over the place, and because we have so many stores, the competitiveness uh, plays a part in it as well. That's nice. You need that competitive uh, marketplace for airsoft because otherwise, you just get charged through through the nose. Yeah. Uh... If if I hear from my followers in Puerto Rico, they they only have one influx, so they have to pay what people ask, and the prices are the same. Yeah, I've heard some stories. All right, so it's nice to see Belgium, Japan, and America are basically on par when it comes to gun prices. All right, cool. So uh, let's look at fields now. So I'm spoilt for choice with fields. And I've got about 50 fields within about an hour of my house. Um, so, so many fields, probably 20 oh. indoor fields, 30 outdoor oh. fields. Actually, no, probably 15 indoor fields, about 30 <laughs> outdoor fields. Um, so there's a lot of fields. Uh, a lot of them are quite small, but we do have a lot of choice. What's it like in Belgium? How, what fields do you have like an hour or so from your house? Uh, the two fields I can think of are uh, a sort of outdoor skirm field, decent size, so not that small. That one is Fort Knox. That's what it's usually referred to. Uh, another one would have to be power plant. So it's an old factory near the uh, power uh, the um, nuclear reactors we have I've seen and pictures of that it's like orange right it's got like yeah. the orange towers uh, yeah yeah that, yeah that one so oh, that looks amazing that, you get such great photos there that's true that's true <laughs> but the the one that's a, well is it an hour away well like an hour and a a tad which is chambers and that's the one everyone wants to go to i've heard people coming from as far as the top of the united kingdom or or germany or or france france to come and visit Cham chambers 
Chambers, sorry. <laughs> is that the one which is the, the abandoned castle? Yeah. Yeah, that looks so good. I was watching Silo right. play there. And yeah, I'll definitely do a game there if I come over to Belgium. Yeah, it's 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 the one everyone talks about. I mean, there's other fields, of course, but that's... You, you got like, two really good ones. Yeah, that's the two main ones. They're from the same organization. So okay, uh, Fort Knox and Ch Chambers are from uh, the same organization. So... Nice. They they look fantastic. I'll put some links to them in the uh, description so people can check them out. Yeah, definitely worth. All right. So next, Airsoft is so different in every country, especially with how people play. So in Japan, we typically have a lot of UAB and a lot of very defensive players. And it can be very different to how people play in other countries. We play CQB very slowly. We have no running indoors. We're limited to like three shots at one time. Uh, we can't run HPA. And because of that, it changes how we play. So we do, you know, very slow and very tactical CQB. Uh, we do have one or two uh, Speedsoft fields. So of course, Speedsoft will play Speedsoft. But um, generally, uh, we can be very slow, very defensive, very tactical. And it's completely different to when I watch YouTube videos and see people in like America running Tax City where they're just running around uh, just shooting people with a lot of bullets very close and it looks fun. So what's it like in Belgium? Over here, it's mainly uh, with the Speedsoft scene. Uh, CQB will probably be really fast-paced. So it's just an amalgamation of people wearing speed soft or even mi just mil milsim they look like milsim but but everyone's just charging and there's not really a slow slow gameplay at all cqb wise and as far as the rules are concerned there is some fields to enforce the delay between two shots delay okay so you have to do two shots and then you have to wait uh, you can't use full auto of course, anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So be it CQB or be it uh, you're running outside, you're going into a building, no full auto. So Really? No full auto even in outdoor games? Uh, as far as I've been able to check, you can't use full auto if you're standing in a building. Oh, okay. Well, sure. We have... We have that rule too. Like we'll do a full auto game, but as soon as you enter uh, a building, you can't use full auto. But if you're in the building, you can shoot full auto out of it. Ah, that, yeah. I've not been that. Um, it gets technical. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so if someone's watching, please do not uh, fault me on this. Uh, I've just uh, recently. But it it depends playing, on the game so, type. Different game yeah. types can have different rules. Yeah, so uh, it will depend on, it changes all the time, so I wouldn't be that sure, but CQB-wise, full auto, big no-no. Uh, as far as the type is concerned, we allow anything. H I've not found a field that says we don't like uh, HPA. I think it's mainly the type of BB, so I'm 
thinking like those bio BBs you have to use now. Yeah. But apart from that, uh, you can pretty much use what you want. You just have the FPS limits, which is about 350. Oh, wow. That's, that's strict. Oh, inside. Oh, okay. And 375 uh, outside. So okay. it's we're 330 for everything. Yeah, so slightly over the one joule. Yeah. Much of a muchness, though. Yeah. Do you have lots of Milsim games in um, Belgium, or is it mainly just uh, regular airsoft with pickup matches, or is it more speed QB? Where is the majority of the community playing? I think the majority would have to be like skirms and CQB. So there are the occasional mill sims, but as far as what has passed my eye, uh, it's usually just a skirm filled day. So like those full on mill sims you see in like Norway or, or Germany. Yeah, they look incredible. Yeah, the, the like the ones in Poland, 5,000 people. It's insane, but we I don't we, we don't really have those. We just have like skirm like a three day skirm based event. Oh, that so, that sounds dope! I would love to do a three day skirmish. Yeah, they they are nice. So we we also have those team based ones like Halloween and, uh, but not like those full on mill sims you see in other countries. Okay. It sounds quite comparable to here, to be honest. We we don't have big mill sims either, but yeah, we'll have large skirmishes where it can be up to like, I've done 160 people. I've done like 80 on 80, but that's Whoa, the biggest yeah. match that I've seen here. Well, right. the benefit the benefit of our location is that we we are quickly into another country. So, oh, that's true. Yeah, it's very easy for you to just jump over the border. So. There's always yeah. games, I guess. True. All right. So you've already touched on the dual limit. So you said that you get about 370 uh, outdoors, which is, I'm guessing, like just over 100 meters per second. I'm going to say 120 or something like that, but I'm I'm no calculator. <laughs> no. But are there um, any other restrictions that are unique to Belgium? You also mentioned the two tap rule. So that's similar to our three tap rule in Japan. Yeah, that I've heard of the two tap rule and also the uh, distance rule. So oh, okay, minimum uh, engagements. Yeah. So for a sniper, uh, it was oof, uh, nothing below twenty meters. Okay. I think. And for like uh, even with an M four, you have. If you're too close, you have to just do a touch or knife kill or... Oh, I like that. You have to do a knife kill. Like, knife kills are banned here. We cannot do any knife kills. Oh, no, no, no. Knife kills are allowed. But I, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, if you get too close, you're not really allowed to fire. Okay, Unless we do not like have a... that problem here. Like, you can shoot someone anywhere, <laughs> any range. Um, you can't mag dump people. Uh, well, you can, but it's, you know, bad manners. But, yeah, we don't have any of that here. Like, in Japan, everyone's so well-behaved. Everyone has such good manners. Everyone has really good sportsmanship. So 
you, you don't get incidents where people bag dump. Like you'll shoot someone a, th a few times, they'll call it. Um, you, the most I've probably shot someone is about 10 times. And it's just because he got hit by a, a whole full auto um, shot. <laughs> and I was <laughs> shooting 50 rounds per second. And he just came around a corner and ate Whoa. it. So, okay. you know, these things no, happen. That's uh, why you wear armor. Yeah. But we, uh, you can't, um, if you mag dump someone, you're banned. Instantly. Basically, yeah. I can probably see a, same, a similar thing happening here. You, you don't want players like that. No, so it's uh, and it, it's also good practice to like if you're too close to style, like someone uh, in my first game, someone poked their head out of a hole in the wall, and I was literally with the barrel like less than a meter away, so I just didn't didn't do anything. I just uh, didn't take a shot or anything. Well, I'm I'm the opposite. You've seen my recent YouTube videos. <laughs> I, I shot someone like three millimeters. I put the gun in his mouth. Um, that's what happens when you play CQB in Japan. You get shot close, but we wear armor. We have full face guards. You'll have helmets. You'll have a dye mask. You'll have like a shimak or something on your neck. You know, you're fine. But yeah, yeah. we will shoot you point blank in Japan. And it's uh, it's amazing because other countries just don't do that. No, no, no. <laughs> I've noticed like if people don't understand it, they frown upon it. But, oh, a lot. Well, it... Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, so, yeah. we all play it differently. As long as you're playing by the rules and everyone knows the rules, you're all good. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the thing, the tricky thing is being called cheater quite fast. Yeah. So that's, that's the, uh, that's the so main that's thing. So that's an interesting one. In Japan, we can't call someone a cheater. Like, we can't say, um, you're hit or I got you or call your hits. Any type of hit call is not allowed during the game rules. Whoa. Um, so because it's, it's bad sportsmanship and it, it ruins the game. Uh, we're also not allowed to swear at each other. You can't swear in English or in Japanese at other players. Um, you know, you can shoot the shit out of them, but you, you can't cuss them out. <laughs> um, no, I don't think Belgium yeah, has a, a, a strange rule, right? So like, if I call you out and I say, I hit you, you then have to take that hit. Is that a thing? Or is that like only in Germany? I don't remember. Uh, it will get uh, investigated. So usually if you hit someone, you have to call the marshal and they will uh, investigate if it actually happens because um, so you all know you might have hit someone, mm -hmm. but did you actually hit him? So uh, you just have to... Uh, be the be the sportman and if you are actually just just take it but it's it's actually true that you have to um if someone says i hit you that you have to take the hit but the discussions people then tend to um argue instead of just going straight to the marshal okay um, one thing I found is, you know, I think I'm a, I'm a great shot and I think I will bullseye everyone every time. And I'll be looking right down the sights, my red dots perfectly on the guy's face, a meter away, I fire a shot and I'm like, I shot you right in the eye. Why didn't you call that? And then I go home and I review it on my GoPro at 120 frames per second. And you can see the BB goes like this 
and then he moved and the BB <laughs> missed, even though it was point blank and I had him dead to rights. And I was sure I hit him because who could dodge at that range? Yeah, I missed. And I was 100% sure in that moment that I shot him right in the eye and he should be out. But I missed. He shot me. Uh, you know, I was disappointed because I thought at least it would be a trade. I checked the footage. Huh, I missed. And the amount of times when you miss, when you think you actually hit someone is incredible. And I've got three cameras on my gun. I've got a selfie. I've got a scope cam and I've got a GoPro. So I got footage of everything. The amount of times you miss when you think you've hit someone is incredible. Yeah, it's uh, that. That's the whole thing. Then, if you BBs don't go straight. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen some incredible shots. But the thing is, uh, you review it, but like you see a lot of people just putting it straight online and saying "stupid cheater" and. Uh, it frustrates me a lot to see that happen. Well, yeah, that's that they... one thing I, I learned recently is uh, YouTube etiquette, especially in Japan, and for uh, just the YouTube community is don't upload videos of people cheating. Um, if you do that, you'll get a lot of views. So it's great for selfish gain, but it slowly um, derails and just erodes the sport. So yeah. basically for other YouTubers out there, don't upload cheetah videos, like upload videos of great kills, upload videos that, you know, make the sport look amazing. Don't upload videos of people fighting. Don't upload videos of people cheating. Just, just delete that stuff or just show it to your friends. But let's, let's try to keep the image of airsoft better. Yeah. Cause that ultimately um, enforces the people who hate airsoft, like, they're just a bunch of savages and uh, oh well we, we are <laughs> well yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> savages good savages, good savages. yeah good savage but they uh they don't seem to understand that they're hurt, hurting the sport more than uh, I, I mean so many people they will start shouting at each other I've seen on videos and they will start yelling and then you're like 10 minutes into the game and then it's like just just leave it i mean okay he obviously got hit tell it to the marshal and even if the marshal doesn't want to listen you're you've lost 10 to 15 minutes arguing about it i mean i understand that it's frustrating but just like just, just take, take the just, L, come back, just, and you yeah. know, get them next time. You're and if faster, that doesn't work, bring grenades. Yeah. Grenades always work. <laughs> yeah, you're faster going back and in, respawning into the game than having the whole discussion. Oh, yeah. If it's a respawn game, just just take the L. Um, yeah, but you know, if you've only got true. one life, don't be the guy that fights true. the ref. Yeah, that's... Uh, so let's move into round four now. For round four, I want to get into how you play and have a look at just your opinion on some different topics. Uh, for these points as well, we're going to limit the answers to 90 seconds uh, so we can yeah. use these on uh, Instagram. 
Uh, for your answers, try to speak and add as much information as you can. Try to give your point, try to give a reason, try to give an example, but let's limit it all to 90 seconds max. Okay. So just go to town. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, so number one, how do you feel about camping versus attacking? Uh, it will, for me, it depends on the situation. Uh, camping is good if you have a position you need to defend, but it's not good if you're making it your whole house during the game. So there is a moment for camping, there is a moment for attacking. It all depends on where you are, how you're positioned, and how the game is going. If you're on the defense, you'll more likely go into a camping mode. If you're on an attack mode, then camping won't benefit your team and you'll just be a hindrance. So nice. move forward when you have to, hold back when you need to. So that's actually my uh, point on it. Nice. I agree with that 100%. All right, number two. How do you feel about respawn modes versus non-respawn modes? Respawn modes is a good thing if you're, uh, especially if you're not quite into the game or you're new to the game uh, for new players or people like me who are not, who are not always on their best. Uh, because if a non-respawn mode, you're automatically out and your uh, bad day will automatically influence the team. So I more lean more toward respawn modes and then a non-respawn mode for more professional players. Cool, like, that makes sense. I can I can see that. Just like how, that. How about solo play versus team play? Oof, uh, I'm more for team play. Uh, solo play is uh, not really my thing. It will depend on how well you are as a player. And if you're not really, like me, uh, very confident, then a team is a better option because they will push you forward and they will not carry you, but they will enhance you to be better. Solo play is more reserved in my option for when you're, you've improved as a person and as a player and your kit is down to a T. Nice. I, I completely agree. Like when you play as a team, you'll have people that support you, uh, people that are going to make you play better. You can run team moves. You can cover. You can use suppression. You've got refrags. And best of all, you get fist bumps. Like when you get a good kill, you have someone there just to blow it up with. Yeah, true. All right. Next up, indoor versus outdoor. Where do you stand? Uh, indoor for me uh, depends on, for me physically, but uh, how I'm feeling. Indoor, I will fog up massively. So outdoor games will be the preference for me because you have a larger field. You can hide more. You can stay still a bit more because my physique isn't all that so uh, indoor is more fast paced outdoor is slower paced so it it has to depend on the situation if uh, if you want a more relaxed play go for outdoor unless it's of course a, a high-end milsim uh, and indoor if you want a more fast paced 
but I would I would mix them. I would I would say how do I feel today, indoor outdoor. Nice. I I'm exactly the same. For me, if it's raining, we do indoor. If it's not raining, we do outdoor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that's that's a, okay. If you want to stop fogging, um, there are two easy ways to do it. First one is spend three hundred dollars and get a dye i five, and then you will never fog again. Uh, the second, the second way is to basically wear a uh, don't wear a hat and don't wear a helmet, uh, and wear a um, a headband. That uh, sweatband, yeah, yeah, and that sweatband, uh, if that's higher than where your goggles are it's going to stop a lot of the heat that gets to your goggles. And that Ooh. causes a lot of the fogging apparently, uh, because when I was talking to lots of like professional paintballers and stuff, they just swear by having a headband. And when you see a lot of paintballers, they're just wearing a headband and a die I five, and there's just no fogging whatsoever. Um, the lesser option you can do is also uh, goggles that have a fan in them. So Tokyo Marui, have a really nice one that's got fans. And this week I just ordered the ESS goggles that have the fan in them. I was very uh, lucky because they're normally like 300 euros, but I found a second hand pair for 80 euros. So, um, you know, I'll just put some alcohol on them. They'll be clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I do. That's how I find some of my stuff. But yeah, just buy a secondhand mask because a new dye mask is 300 euros. A secondhand one is 100 euros. Oh, so there just... are 200 over here. Okay, great. Just that's even cheaper. <laughs> the, the top end one is 450 euros here. Oh, actually, the, actually those, more, uh, probably about ones. 500. Do you mean the iron, the, uh, the, the one with the special uh, effect on it? Yeah, it's, it's like gold and stuff. Ah, that, that's the one I have, and it was one hundred and ninety-nine uh, uh, four. Yeah, so the Japanese yen is very, very weak at the moment. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, next question: high caps versus low caps. Uh, I'd have to say, um, I go with high caps because for me, um. I personally struggle with the low ammo counts. For realism, fine, but if you have the choice, I'd go with high caps because you have that extra buffer and you won't run out and have to reload. So that's how I, how I see it, actually. No, I, I get that. I, I did high caps for like five, 10 years. And then for the last 10 years, I've just been running mid caps. But uh, recently, after playing with Mayday, he runs low caps on everything. So he was running his Scar H with 20 round mags. And when you run low caps, reloading is so much fun because you need to be able to do a beautiful tactical reload where you dump the magazine, you throw it out, you bring up your spare magazine. I did that terribly. I had the wrong hand out. It should have been here, drop and then comes out. Always use your left for your tack reload. And when you do that in a second where you're engaging with an enemy, you run out of ammo and you get that reload just as the enemy comes around the corner and you light them up with that fresh BB out of a new mag. Oh, it's it's chef's kiss. And it looks so good in the YouTube videos. When 
when you're running a high cap, it just doesn't look that cool. But when you're constantly reloading on people and you've got that really smooth technique, oh, it looks so good. Yeah, that's 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 true. The it it lifts uh, the um, game to another level. It does. It it makes it harder for you. <laughs> All right. Last question uh, for Instagram. How do you feel about electric spring gas or HPA? Electric is fine. Uh, it's what I would suggest if you're starting out. Spring, if it's a sniper, but if you're like me and you're struggling with uh, your illness, but you have the budget, I would go for HPA, preferably a pistol on HPA, and then you can advance to uh, a weapon on HPA because it's not really cheap. Gas, not if you're a beginner. If you're a connoisseur or you want that realism, gas, it's not bad, but it's something you have to buy because you know you're buying it if that makes sense you you yeah, need to yeah. you, need, you need to have it for the experience but don't buy it if you're just in it for the playing i then go electric hpa is just something you buy because for me the weight or because you want to but not because it's better all right cool so that's a good me, answer electric electric that's the main thing nice all right. So those are all the U- the uh, Instagram answers. Let's move on to the next part now, living the dream, where I want to hear about some ideal situations for you. So the first one, if you had all of the money, what gun would you get? What is your dream airsoft gun? Mm. Well, um, dream airsoft gun. I'd honestly say something built majority out of real steel parts so i've seen i've seen people with like an rpk or something more understandable an mg249 i think it's called sure Uh, there's people i've got a follower who who's built one with like all the steel parts he could use the thing weighs like six seven kilograms yeah but it's just amazing but you have to think about real steel parts the money it costs but to own something like that has to be a dream so that that would be that would be the dream for me something that when you hold it in your hands you've you've got the real deal well you think you've got the real deal but it's close enough so that would be it for me nice i completely agree with that (laughs) All right, there's so many different airsoft events. You can be like Airsoft Alphonse, go up in a helicopter and shoot people from a helicopter. Uh, You can be like Novarich and some of the amazing events that he holds. Like I think there was the game recently with the the newly released pistol. They were playing a 2.5 dual pistol game. Uh, You can be, uh, I think it was another, it was, uh, wait, I, I don't, remember his name uh but there was a great uh game that i was watching in an abandoned mall uh i saw jet desert fox doing a hostage rescue on an airplane uh there was airsoft on an aircraft carrier there are so many amazing options 
what would your uh, ideal airsoft event be? Um, mine would have to be the one I've seen already in um, Brazil. There is an airsoft event where they sanction off an entire part of the city. Okay, so wow. you've got alleyways, you've got stores. It's all real. There, there's street. I mean, it is the city, but it's mm. closed off for that particular event. It's, it's. Uh, I've seen chunks of it. It's absolutely maddening. You see people storming into the alleyway. They get pinned down because there's someone on the roof further up. And uh, I want to play that. Just, that sounds great. Yeah, it's just like this urban street warfare. It's. It, it reminded me instantly about Battlefield. I don't know why, but that's that's that has to be the event for me. Dude, I'm I'm there. If you can find a link, send me the link, and I'll throw it in the description because other people need to see that. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm sure I can find it via some of my Brazilian followers. Nice. I've lost track of it. It was only shared once. I don't know why. Uh, it's it's only like once a year that obviously. But, well, sure, um, they're, they're I... locking out part of the city. <laughs> you can't <laughs> do it every true. Friday. <laughs> That would be funny, though. No, but uh, I'll I'll uh, do my best to find the link again. Okay. Now, if you could choose any players, living, dead, uh, real, make believe, who would be on your airsoft dream team? Oh, there's so many people to choose. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to annoy people, but. Uh... Just to call a few names, uh, it would have to be some, actually, all of my followers, basically. I mean, it's okay. uh, it's hard to pick particular names, uh, but uh, just a few, like uh, uh, Honey Badger, Call Sign Honey Badger. I know Call Sign um, Honey Badger. Yeah, I totally have him on my team. Uh, Slovak Reenactor. He's changed a few names, but that was his original name. Uh you of course, <laughs> um, some some uh, all of my English uh, followers and friends totally, and my American followers outside of Honey Badger of course. So you're just putting together uh, a whole army. Yeah, I'd I'd have a whole army because I can't decide. So <laughs> I'm just struggling with names at the moment. Hey, that uh, works. Strength in numbers. Yeah, I just have an whole army. Hey that, hey, that works. <laughs> Directing traffic in the back. The only thing better than five guns is ten guns. Yeah. Quantity, uh, strength in numbers. Exactly. All right. Now, for the next uh, section of the podcast, this is called Sell Me Your Gun. Uh, I'd like to do a role play where I uh, am a new gun buyer. I go to a gun store and I want to purchase a gun. And I would like you uh, to persuade me to buy one of your guns by telling me all the things that are absolutely great with it. Are you ready to be a salesman? I'll grab the replica. Get a prop, yeah. Prop help. Yeah, <laughs> props help. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Is that an MGL? Yep. Very nice. The ICS one. Yep, it's the only one I've seen over here. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's begin. So Hi, why I'm would... um, oh, sorry. thinking about uh, buying a new gun. Um, could you help me? Yes, of course, sir. We just got this beauty in. It's an airsoft grenade launcher. So we'll just address it in its entirety. So it's a full polymer construction, but um, it's not that cheap polymer. So it's reinforced fiberglass polymer. Okay, wow. Sorry, I'm a bit out of breath. <clears throat> so it's a full uh, reinforced fiberglass polymer and it just, there's no creaking at all. There's just the sound from the quick detach slings and maybe the stock a bit, but where are you going to find a stock that doesn't bubble? Even high-end guns have stock bubble. It's just... It looks very, very sturdy. Very, strong, very sturdy, very sturdy. And the main thing is rails are plenty. It's got rails for days. Yeah, quad rails, and you have a movable hand grip and even storage for batteries. Oh, wow, that, that looks very, very convenient. Visible. Yeah, that's, <laughs> don't worry, that's supposed. Uh, so what this actually is, it came off for itself because it's made to come off easily. Don't worry about that. This is so this so is the, can... the the foregrip didn't break. That was meant to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing is, if it's not supposed to come off easily, then you're going to have a hard time getting it off. So the, the thing about this is they cut out this side. So you have a recessed section to put a, a pressure switch. So if you mount a light here, you can mount your pressure switch here without it protruding too far out of the grip. Oh, so the that's feel, nice. So the feel of the grip stays the same. Nice, I like that. But it's very loosely mounted because otherwise you're not going to get it off very easily. Always keep in mind when you're, because it's plastic thread, always make sure you're on correctly, otherwise you'll cross thread. That will happen with the best of plastic. So it's not really a quality thing. It's okay, that's so, completely understandable. Apart from that, there are obviously metal parts. The QD slings are all metal. The cross brace. So this is actually the brace holding the two halves together, which I will show you in a moment why, but that's metal. And the stock mounting is also metal. No, wait, I actually plastic. I do apologize. <laughs> but there is, this is also metal. So they uh, applied an aluminum tube over this one 
so you could have a top rail for an optic site. But they, basically, it's polymer where it's uh, where they made it because the real the real one weighs even more, and that one is also made from polymer. So this is very true to the real Milcor. So nice. Milcor is the real company, and they license this. So if you're gonna get a real one, I don't know why and where, but let's say you you could. This is one for one the same. So it's fully licensed, authorized by ICS, and actually built by ASG. So you don't have to worry about any quality issues. No, it it looks solid. I'd love to take that to a game. So we have a fully retractable stock with. One, two, three, three, three positions. <laughs> but you can hear it clicks in quite nicely to all the positions. And even nicer is the fact that you can change the angle like this, like this and like this. So you have three positions. So if you like put it in this angle, you can more easily shoot over walls. Hmm. So that's what this is intended for. All true to the real thing. Apart from that, there's not really much on it except an ambi selector, safe, fire, both sides. It's a very soft trigger, but it won't move easily as well because of the angle the trigger is in. So you won't have a, you won't really actually pull the trigger down if you're trying to shoot it. Then if you want to open it, you have to, the, it's a wheel, but it's opened on one side. So if you turn it like this, it rubs against the pin and you won't be able to open it. So you have to turn the wheel until it's loosely, loose, sorry. Yeah. Then you pull this forward, counterclockwise, and it opens. Huh. So you just close it like this, pull the tab, open it like this. And there we have our six barrels. Now you might already know launchers. So this one takes about any shell you can think of, even tag rounds. Oh, nice. So tag rounds, you might have to check with your local field. Yeah. Because not every field allows those. Yeah. But this uses all of the general uh, shells. So there is, it's very hard to tell because the pin is behind this, but there's a pin here, which you can move. There's two more positions you can put it. So you have to turn it out and then you have to move it to the other position, depending on the weight of the shell. So you can adjust this launcher accordingly to the shell weight. So oh, that's this nice. will change. Yeah, this will change the spring compression because 
if it's just one spring strength for all the shells, the performance will be a bit yeah. uh, depressing. So that's why they've allowed for two more positions to crank the drum. Very cool. Then whilst it's open, I'll show you. You can see this big disc over here. It's very nicely greased, of course. This is to adjust the hammer pull. So again, why would you do that? Again, different shells, different hammer pulls. So you can adjust the hammer to accommodate for the different shells, because if the hammer doesn't travel far enough for that type of shell, then the performance will again be under... Underwhelming. Top par. So right. in order to rotate it, you have to rotate it like this. And you just keep going like a bowling ball. So you put your fingers in the holes like, and you won't be able to get this pin past the screw that's been up, uh, put in here. So you can't turn it past this. Then you close it up, you close up the wheel, you put it on fire, and then you release it. So you really, you really have to pull it back. That's to shoot it. That's to let it rotate to the next one. Shoot it, rotate to the next one. Shoot it, rotate to the next one. And that's the last one. That's one just to shoot. Because it's six shells, it only rotates five times. Okay, that makes sense. Because you shoot the you shoot the first one and then yeah. it rotates. So well, even though it's fu fully plastic, uh, you honestly don't feel like you're holding a plastic piece. Well, apart from maybe the grip, but. It's so very sturdily built. It's a fantastic piece. And for the price, 194. Honestly, where are you going to find a six barrel launcher for that? And shells, you can find pretty decent shells for this amazing piece. And just the fear factor alone of carrying this on the field will be impressive enough for most players, you don't even have to use it, I think. Yeah, no one wants to get shot in the face with that. Of course. Right. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I forgot one more thing. Um, let's say you haven't spent all of your shells and you still have tension, then you just pull this tab to release the tension because you have to save your spring. But that's pretty much all there is to say about this piece. It's a simple piece, it's a sturdy piece, and it's aptly priced. Okay, you're a very persuasive salesman. I'll uh, I'll pick one up the next time I'm in a gun store. That okay. was probably the the most technical. Um, I, I I that's the most technical description I've had of a gun recently. You really know your stuff. I was surprised on how much detail you were able to go into. That was incredible. Thank very, you. Very very precise description. Yeah, I like to be precise because. Uh, even though I don't get paid for it. Uh, I want to tell if I like something, I want to be concise because that's what I look for when I buy something. 
and a lot of people keep out a lot of details. Sometimes yeah, you want you want the, that expertise, the, that attention to detail. Yeah, that crucial detail that might actually ruin the entire piece for you. It might be the yeah. best thing ever, but if if that's like if the, the stock's creaky and you know you don't yeah. want it. Yeah, but people it's the just little assume, things that ruin great guns. Yeah, but people just assume it's not a big deal or they just gloss over it. So. No, I like that. It's important to be deep and people appreciate that. So let's go on to another one of our visual rounds. For this round, it's called The Backstory. And I've selected three pictures from your Instagram. And I'd like you to tell me the backstory for them. Okay. Tell me about this picture. So that is my AAP01. That is actually the first decent one I've used. So I've bought like three ones before that one but that one was the one that actually got used and I actually worked on and actually built so it's obviously isn't stock anymore as you can see it has obviously the, <laughs> obviously <laughs> it has the mamba upper it has a tracer it has a short stroke trigger it's actually short stroke that much that the safety doesn't work anymore who needs a safety? <laughs> so it's that much back. It, it doesn't actually have the functioning safety. But, well, yeah. what are you going to do about that? Uh, aside from that, it has a dual bore barrel. It has a CNC hop. It has a 70 degree maple leaf. Uh, it has the TTI trigger, short stroke, as I said. And that's pretty much. And of course, the necessary springs have been changed to make it that much snappier. And the biggest of them all, an HPA adapter, because I could, couldn't stand changing and filling one more gas mag. <laughs> I yeah, just no, I hear an that. HPA adapter on it, so. Also, gas is so expensive in Japan. Like, we, it's 20 euros for, for, oh. not for it's 2,000 yen. So I guess that's like 1,400, like probably 15 euros yeah. or so for a can. And we can use a can, you know, for one game. So it, it just adds to the price. And the yeah. price of gas here has doubled in the last five years. It used to be a thousand yen. Now it's 2000 yen. So Oof. it's a lot. It's the same thing here. It's the same thing here. For me, it was the reliability and the fact that it was cheaper. Mm. I would so uh, run part. HPA if it was not illegal here. All right, True. so here I can see another uh, HPA gun. Tell me about this one. So this is my Wolverine MPW okay. Forged. So you have two editions. You have the Billet series and you have the Forged series. So this is a Forged series. It comes with more extras, like uh, a better fire control, a better hop. And of course, the upper and the lower are made from Forged. 7075 aluminum. Uh, it's uh, modeled onto real steel uh, specifications so it can accept real steel grips, real steel stocks, real steel front grips. Uh, you can basically put all accessory wise on the outside anything on it that you want. And I bought it primarily because. If you hold that and you hold the AAP, 
it's not that much weight difference. It's just so, so light. And for me, with my, all the issues I have, it was just the one for me. So why this particular one? Because HPA, you can slap HPA in almost anything. You have to buy a base gun. You have to put in the work. You have to align it. it. There's so much that comes into play, which is fine if you're a skilled person. But for someone like me who most days can't do anything because of his hands, that's not an option. This is factory built. It's shipped HPA ready like that. You just need to buy a line. You need to buy a tank, and you're ready to go. Nice, that's good. And and the battery, of course, it's uh it's uh ele a electronic HPA, so huh. it's uh yeah, so it's uh, electronically operated. So it has fire mode, so you can put it in DMR mode. Ah, it's, it's probably running an electric trigger then. Yeah, it's, oh, it's okay. Yeah, uh, that makes you, sense. You you can uh, alter everything in. In comparison to, there's a, a mil spec edition, and that one is purely mechanical, but only does semi. So this yep. one does everything. Dude, this so looks that's... amazing. I didn't even know there was electronic HPA, so I learned something new. Yeah, last... it's, it's... Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> last no, picture so... here, I can see what looks to be a Team Wendy helmet with some interesting uh attachment rails what's this yeah so this is the team wendy sf uh training ballistic helmet so that means it's not really ballistic but it's modeled one-to-one -one weight wise feel wise the inside the outside everything is right on par with a real one but sounds it's heavy not but it's not, uh, it's actually quite lightweight because the ballistic ones they have are very lightweight as well. Now, why did they make this one? This one is, as, a, as I said, a training helmet. So they want to, to be able to give the army helmets to train with, to put their night vision on, to put whatever they want on it and train. But you know, with training, stuff can go wrong. Helmets get damaged. If that's a $1,900 helmet, that gets expensive considering the amount of soldiers you have. Yeah. So that's why they made this one. It's all, it's $400. So compared to $1,900, that's a big save. And that's the why I got this one because it was the only one that would fit my head. So I tried various helmets. None of them would fit or they would be too tight or they would... Uh, compress on the wrong spots. Yeah. I tried this one. I saw it was very expensive, but the way it sits on your head is brilliant. It weighs nothing and it will provide the safety of any safety helmet you have. So if you fall, it's guaranteed to protect your head. Nice. So Dude, it's a, it's it's a, a beautiful helmet. Yeah. And I didn't know there was training helmet. So that looks to be like a great option for people that want a helmet that looks good, that feels good. It's got the right weight to it, but it's not going to cost you two Gs. No. And what you meant with the uh, rails was, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, because um, 
So that's a 2.0 rail. Uh, it's a particular type of rail they make. And the one you're used to is their 3.0 rail with uh, like uh, Picatinny yeah. type, this one. So you can have those, but they only mount those to the more expensive models. So if you want that, you have to buy it separately. Sure, that's fine. It also seems like the mount is detachable. So it seems like you can put your own mounts yeah, on yeah. it as well. You can take it off. You can take it off. Everything is repairable. Nice. All right. Let's move into our penultimate round now. Uh, full send. I have some deeper questions that we can ask so we can explore a little bit more about your airsoft journey. So feel free to brag. You have complete uh, permission just to brag all you want. What is your greatest airsoft-related accomplishment? Hmm. Um, well, it's not. It's may it may seem as an odd accomplishment, but my greatest airsoft accomplishment is being uh, is the friends I've made and the recognition I've gotten from all the people I've met. So it's not really a game-related accomplishment. But for me, that's my biggest accomplishment is that I've managed to get out of my comfort zone, um, put myself uh, in the spotlight and be rewarded for that with uh, recognition, friends, respect, and everything. So that's my mentally my biggest accomplishment. Nice. It was the uh, the reward was the friends you made along the way. Yeah basically. All right. Number two, I'd like you to look deep and tell me about an embarrassing airsoft related moment. I, I have a hundred of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that has to be my first game. So I was uh, going through a hallway and it was the hallway with on, on the end, uh, a hole where you can crawl through. And I was almost at the hole where when the guy started crawling through, but he didn't see me because he's crawling through the hole. But I was standing there thinking, is he friendly or not? Because it was a friend's game and no one was wearing any bands to ah. distinguish them. So I was like, let me think, was he one, one of the guys on the left side when he started or on the right side? And I was thinking so long that he got through the hole, stood up and started staring at me. I stared back because I didn't know what to do because I didn't want to be that guy that shot someone in the face or or shot too close. Okay, you didn't and want to be was, me, thanks. Yeah, I didn't want it to be mean. I wanted to be a gentleman. So <laughs> that, that you have to admit it was like a minute, but it looked like hours and we were just staring at each other. And ultimate, ultimately, he just put his hand up and shook his head and walked away. And I was still thinking like, was he friendly? Oh, he was an enemy. Okay, of course. No, I would have shot him. I would have shot him. Shoot yeah, first, then I, apologize. I hesitate too much. It's uh, it's uh, so yeah. That was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I'm I'm the opposite. I need to get better at PID. If if I see anyone that's in <laughs> enemy territory, they're getting shot. Yeah, All that's right. true. So let's think about the future now. And airsoft has changed a lot in the past. 
but let's think about how it's going to change in the future. How do you want Airsoft to change in the next 10 years? Um, even though it's improved a lot with acceptance and all of that, I still feel there's much more improvement to be done regarding to uh, uh, female players and um, people who identify themselves differently. There's still a sort of um, I, I recently heard stories that I still think uh, are very embarrassing to hear of people being um, just shunned for being female or different or whatever. So even though uh, there are people doing sterling work, uh, fields doing fantastic work, but there's still there still has to be a more um, harder push down on uh, those cheater videos, for example, uh, harder push down on etiquette, uh, just the whole um, emphasizing on people how much uh, certain stuff can hurt, even though it might seem as silly, it might affect that person in profound ways. And we're all there to enjoy each uh, to enjoy uh, the field, to enjoy the gameplay. We're and... all there to shoot someone. Yeah. So people tend to forget that, and uh, it's um, people sometimes forget the baggage people carry on their back, except the stuff they're carrying. So. Yeah, and gun bags are heavy it, enough. Yeah. But it, it's, yeah, it, it's um, just the whole, I've heard stories of people secretly changing BB weight, uh, people amping up their HPA guns, which consequently caused uh, HPA to be almost banned in a certain country. Yeah. So, the, uh, yeah, it, it, that, that for me uh, still has a lot of work. Because um, well, it's just tolerance. We we need more tolerance, and we need more acceptance of other players. Yeah, that's my, pretty much. I agree. Like my whole thing is, when you're on the field, I I don't know who you are. I don't know your age, your race, your gender, your ethnicity. You're wearing full camo. You've got goggles on and a balaclava. All you are is a teammate or an enemy to me. Yeah. And exactly. then, like, if we socialize afterwards or we don't socialize afterwards, that, that doesn't really matter. Like, we yeah. need to play the game. And, like, I usually leave uh, each game I, I play with, like, two or three new friends. So I, I definitely try to be as social sociable as possible. But, yeah, like, in Japan, we have lots of female players, and that's, like, a real growing market for us, like, lots and lots of female players. And... I agree. We need to be uh, more tolerant uh, of everyone. But, you know, if you wear a mask, no one's going to know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, yeah, it's... Um... All right. we, we at, the, at the moment, I know you've got some different projects and some things you're working on. So what are you working on at the moment? So uh, for my birthday uh, two weeks ago, I got another AAP01. So now I've got two because you can't have too many AAP01s. 
And, no, I, I'd call uh, it an AAPO2 now. Yeah, bad joke. <laughs> it was that bad that I had to think about it. Yeah, uh, like, was that a translation but, error? Yeah, maybe. So yeah. Uh, I'll be uh, changing it entirely on the inside. And I ordered a kit from America, which will make it look like an MP7. Oh, interesting. Yeah, AAPs are very modular. You can do anything with them. Yeah, they're brilliant. So hopefully that kit will arrive without too much customs issues. Yeah, customs and isn't fun. They make airsoft more difficult than it needs to be. Yeah, they charge me a lot. They do. So that's, that's a project. And then hopefully when my sniper will arrive... <laughs> To been in back order for like ages. Uh, I will start building on that one too, obviously, because uh, you don't leave a sniper stock. But you do not. So. Well, like even me, like at the moment, I've got uh, a full custom that I ordered, and it's it's going to be absolutely beautiful when it's finished. It's just a, a custom M4, but custom built every single part, and with the uh, electronic trigger that I put into it. Um, it's going to take three months to install, <laughs> so I'll be I'll be getting it finished in January. Is the delivery date? Um, in Tokyo, there's a limited amount of people that know how to install electric triggers. So if you want a Gate oh. Titan or a pre-run uh, installed, you need to get on that list. <laughs> Whoa! So I can imagine the amount of money you make. It's not much. Um, it's about ah. fifty euros for the installation. You'd imagine with the supply and demand thing, they would charge more. Uh, the price of electric triggers went up. So gates and pre-runs went up by about 30%. So they went up from like um, uh, 15,000 yen to like 18, 19,000 yen. Um, so it was like a yeah, 20, 30% increase, which was a little surprising, but yeah, it's fine. Now... Sure. We're in the very last section of the podcast now where I'm going to ask you some uh, personal uh, questions. So the first is just about guns. What's the next replica that you're going to buy? Uh, another Wolverine. <laughs> well, you know, you, you should call this one X-23 then. Yeah, probably. Uh, so, or, or just Lara. I think her name's Lara. Laura? What's her name? Laura? No, what's sure. X-23's name? Wolverine's daughter. Ah, oh, Wolverine's daughter. Oh, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Laura. Laura Kinney. Ah, Laura. Okay, we'll, we'll call it we'll call uh, Laura. Laura's no, so, a great uh, name for a gun. Yeah, that's true. So um, the one I have is Gen 1, and they stopped making them because of supply issues for the uppers. So now they can start making them again, and they decided to outfit one of them uh, with a tactical trim. So it will have a quad rail, uh, a real steel uh, stock, and a, a real steel grip. Nice. So, That's all you need. Uh, it's basically the same thing, but it's different enough for me. <laughs> so, hey, I I can't talk. I have nine MP5s. 
four, yeah. five, five M4s, five AKs. I, I have, I'm that guy that has doubles of their basketball cards. Like that, that's me. Yeah, I, I mean, I just feel better at having two of them. <laughs> yeah, just in case you want to dual wield, right? <laughs> that too. <laughs> All right, so here is the last question for today, which we'll be finishing the podcast on. Simple question, but go as deep as you like. What's your favorite thing about Airsoft? Uh, yeah, uh, in, in thing, uh, to repeat myself, uh, the people, uh, the interaction, uh, learning, seeing people grow, uh, seeing um people get their first replica um people asking advice uh people sharing something because they're proud of it so i mean that's just uh brilliant uh the whole uh, interaction the whole community um just the way uh people tell you if they're not feeling well so even it even goes from airsoft sometimes that they trust you enough that they're not feeling well and then i try to help them as well so for me it's not just uh, the airsoft i try to help people if they're not feeling okay so that's why i always try to tell people if you're not feeling okay you can contact me I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist. I am someone who's willing to listen. So that's what some people need. Some people just need someone who's willing to listen. Yeah. So that's that's the important thing for me is the interaction, the the connection, the the learning about people's countries, their traditions. They they share important events to them and it just becomes so much more than airsoft it's uh becomes a community yeah that's what is the most important thing for me nice good answer man all right well thank you very much for your time today it's it's been a pleasure uh i've really enjoyed uh chatting to you you're the first person i've met in belgium so it's really cool to get an idea of what the airsoft scene is like in belgium um before we finish uh please feel free to shout out uh any players that you want to shout out or uh shout out any websites that you want to advertise or just any sns of how people can reach you how people can contact you the uh the mic is yours so if you want to find me on Instagram, it's just uh, Tariodaf. So that's T-H-A-R-I-O-D-A-V. Then you'll find me. Um, apart from that, I'd have to say um, my, uh, I'd have to shout out my local store, which is uh, at Airsoft the Doctor, just as you write it. Uh, they've uh, helped me with my AAP. They've helped me with the purchase of my Wolverine. They're, they always re uh, reply on questions. Uh, it's never too much, even though I tend to um, repeat myself a lot and stuff like that. They're always patient. They're always friendly. And that's just uh, fun to have such a local shop that actually uh, cares to help you 
and for uh, people, um, it's it's hard to um, mention several because there's so many. For me, it's just um, you and all my followers. So a uh, uh, a sort of at everyone because you all mean uh, the same amount to me. I mean, some <laughs> are closer than others, of course, but that's logical. But they all mean uh, you, you love everyone equally. Yeah, I I I I, I hate to uh, pick out people because uh, I have problems remembering stuff, so I don't want people to feel left out. But I do know the people who are who would be watching that they know they are very important to me. So if you're watching this and you're following me, you're very important to me and your health and well-being are also very important to me. So those so, people should definitely follow on Spotify then. Yeah, definitely follow <laughs> you. Definitely. I mean, uh, I've, I've seen some interviews and uh, this has to be the most uh, patient uh, person so far because I've not had many people who have, who have been that patient with me in the past so uh, well pe people say I, I'd be a good doctor yeah well you sound like a doctor <laughs> no, I, I have lots True. of patients I feel like I feel like I'm on a consultancy I feel you just no, missed but... a fantastic joke <laughs> yeah I, uh, it will probably come to me uh, hours after this ended. So okay. I always come up with good stuff, but it's always hours later. Yeah. There's a, there's a German word for that. I don't remember what it is. When you think of the perfect thing to say, but after the fact. Yeah, that's me all day. Yeah. So. All right, man. Well, once again, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. We'll drop all your SNS links in the description. So if people want to check you out on uh, Instagram, just click the link and you'll be able to see all of Thario Dav's content. All right, man. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. And hopefully I'll see you on the field sometime. Bye. Yeah, I hope so too, man. Take care. Bye.